And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort, and I'm Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort, and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, is Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Not on Monday, though. That's I know. That's weird. weird Tuesday pod. Needed a little bit longer of a break after an insane week of covering the draft. And a weekend of covering the draft, too, because we got to talk to the players on Saturday. So... It's great. Uh, first of all, thanks to everyone who joined us at Fassler Hall Thursday night for the draft party. And thanks to Fassler Hall and Lively Beer Works and NBA Top Shot for all being part of the event. It was incredible. Very overwhelming. Uh, Fox 25 locally did a story on it. The Oklahoman did a story on it too, but didn't mention us at all in the story. They just talked about a, a gathering <laughs> that happened. Uh, I guess they just couldn't mention us maybe because it had to do with the athletic. I don't know. But that was kind of cool. And then there was there was a story that went up on uh, News 9 too, on just on our podcast. So it was kind of a crazy, overwhelming week that included the draft. And McKelly, the Thunder, I thought they did well in this draft. They walked away with four players, three lottery picks. I've struggled to figure out the last time a team picked three times in the lottery. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. happen, you know? And you get the second pick and then two picks in the sweet spot, which I really appreciated Sam doing. Um, So, initial thoughts. What was your initial reaction to the Thunder's draft? Well, I think I'm in your camp with with this. Um, You have one pick that is way more important than the other. Um, And on that pick, we had a lot of information. Um, I think it's incredibly interesting for us to see Paolo going one yeah, and seeing Presti choosing between Jabari and Chet. Yeah. That to me is, that tells me something. Um, it tells me what we believed from the beginning, which was, hey, we got Chet and it's really not close. Um, or yeah. at least it is. Like that. It's it tells not me. That we it are, tells me that Chet was above Jabari all along for them. Yeah, and not. I mean, we don't. We don't. I mean, that was obviously the case that Jabari was lower for the Magic. 
And then mm-hmm. you get to the Rockets, and they seem to make the right choice for them, too. I think that Jabari fits them well. But you just wonder if like Jabari was third on a lot of people's lists for a while. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it's it was it's interesting, and you just wonder if if the play by the Magic was just to get somebody to bite on Jabari, thinking that maybe yeah, for they sure. could get specifically the Rockets because I think they knew that they could get their guy at three if the Rockets bit on Jabari. But I think I think the Magic actually kind of shot themselves in the foot with that with the way they handled it because I think that the whole time the Rockets are like, great. We're getting Paolo. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I don't think that um, if you are Houston and you don't have such a strong, either you have a very strong read on what Orlando is doing. Um, maybe they had, like OKC, Chad Holmgren, way higher than, than the other two. And Paolo and Jabari in, in the same tier. And you don't trade up significant assets to 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 pick in the same tier. This yeah. is something that I think has to be um, remembered when we discuss the draft. And so they probably knew that Chet was not uh, up for grabs mm-hmm. and OKC would not have traded back with the risk of losing Chet Holmgren. And so this is, I think that the draft tells us something there. Um, in general, it tells us that OKC has a clear idea about the kind of player that they want. I know that yeah. everyone, every outlet, Sam Vicini this morning in this, or like I listened to it this morning, but it's probably yesterday, yes, um, yesterday. with Matt yeah. Penny. They, yeah. they did an amazing, amazing review of the draft. Um, the Athletic is amazing, so you can get tons of stuff there. Um, and, and I think they said clearly, this is Presti picking a type. Yeah. Super long for their position, incredibly versatile, people that can make decision with the basketball in their hands, being able to be a creator for themselves and others. Mm -hmm. And every player that OKC took um, in the last two drafts is able to create off the dribble. Um, Now, Trey Mann is probably on the lower end for creation for others, but you can say that he can create one of the most difficult shots to, to take at a very high level. And so elite creation skills um, is a must for for Presti and size, yeah. and I think that in this draft he went like on this plan, on this path. Uh, Usman Jang, we probably didn't have the same grades on him. Yeah, uh, this is not a trade that probably me and you would have done in his position. Right. Um, but you can see him saying, "Hey, I want two of these guys. I need to get two. So the only way is for me to pay." A little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. On the on the Jang trade, I think there's a lot of context to it. I think one way that you can describe it is like he traded three picks so he could pick twice in that lottery mm-hmm. range. You know? Yeah. Like the, he, that's the reason why. Because he could have expended the 12th pick and maybe like one additional pick, you know, yeah. and then gotten there where you don't give up three. But he gave up three picks that are more than likely not going to convey next year. A lot of people think, oh, these are 2023 picks. Well, they're not really 2023 picks. Not likely. They're likely going to convey later. Some of them may convert to two seconds. These are the the bottom of the barrel picks for the Thunder. Mm-hmm. And they got There's their guy. There's one that has upside, I think, to be a lottery. Just one. Yeah. 
and if that happens and Jang is not good, then you made a they made a bad choice. Mm-hmm. If Jang is good, then you just don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. Uh I got to be around Jang a little bit the other day. He's huge. Yeah. I mean, he is massive and he moves like a wing at that size is pretty wild because he's got he's got a frame too. He's not Poku. Um, no, he's got a pretty thick frame, and to me, if he works out, like man, you got a giant team because <laughs> Chet's <laughs> huge too. Now Chet's super skinny, but he's huge, and yeah. we can talk. We'll talk about the roster crunch later, but let's say that Jalen Williams starts at six six. He's your smallest guy. See, Dort Hater. I spot you there. I knew you were going there. Let's let's just go to a fantasy world where maybe Dort doesn't return to the team. And <sighs> oh, like <laughs> what are you doing? That's that's me. But, but if you have a team where six six is the shortest guy on the court, like that's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah. That is pretty no, but interesting. Even if you have Dort as your shortest guy. Even while yeah. being a refrigerator size, like he's square. And he play, yeah, he plays like he's six seven. You know, yeah, because he and no, Dort he, dunks everything too. You kind of forget that. Like Dort likes to dunk the ball too. So yeah, I'm just saying that they're they're putting together this team. You you hit the nail on the head with the decision making. I think you can look at all the players that they didn't select and say like, okay, they they're not decision makers. I think that you can mm-hmm. look at Jabari. And say, well, why didn't the Thunder take Jabari? I, th- I think there's a there's a fraction of the fan base that think that way. That oh my goodness, why did he's the number one guy on the board? Why didn't they take him? Or he can shoot better than Chet. Why didn't they take him? Which also, like by the way, may or may not be the case. Like we don't we don't know that for sure. Um, but I think it comes down to making quick decisions with the basketball, and that's just not what Jabari does. He's a good play finisher. He's a good defender, and that's kind of where the list ends with him of things that he does really well. And yeah. so with Chet, the list is a lot longer. He's way more versatile. He can make decisions with the basketball, good passer. I mean, those things matter to this version of the Thunder. And then you look at everybody else. I mean, Usman Jang is a good decision maker with the basketball. Jalen Williams, great decision maker with the basketball. The other yeah. Jalen Williams, also that too. I mean, that's... AJ Griffin, great uh, with the basketball. <laughs> no, I, I struggle with this a lot. I will, like with Trey Murphy, um, the third, the guy who I really coveted last year, um, I see that they played a role. And they were not elite creators. Mm-hmm. If you want to say that Jeng has the potential to be an elite creator, like Jalen Williams, maybe even yeah. great creator. Let's not put elite. It's that otherwise elite doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Giddy is an elite creator. Yeah, for sure. But in terms of decision making, I if you look at the Jabari Smith shot chart, you say, oh. and we said that like, yeah, boy, that that is horrible. Yeah. Like, it's hey, I'm going to shoot it because I, I will make it. This is not good decision making. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Griffin, I saw a. Very little creating for others. Yeah. 
but extremely sharp decision making, like mm -hmm. recognizing what the defense was doing and taking the, a good solution offensively. Now, I can see why in a team conception like the one that Thunder has, uh, you you prefer guys that are a little bit more willing to make the extra pass, to yeah. create for others. But to me, there is not a huge difference in terms of recognizing what the offense is, what the defense is giving you and the creation for others from Griffin and Trey Mann. Now, completely different players, yeah. completely different shot creators. Griffin is not the same level of shot creation, yeah. um, which is probably one of the other issues. He's not the guy that will take a step back against any kind of defense. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of recognizing what to do when the ball arrive, I don't think he's bad at all. Now, yeah. he's in the worst spot to developing the player that I thought he could be. So, I mean, <laughs> that's bad. He's just going to be catch and shoot there in Atlanta. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and he doesn't have a, a team concept that allows him to be a better defender. I mean, all the players True. that are there are struggling to be the best version of themselves defensively. Yeah. So, to me, it's... I'm a bit sorry. Yeah. But uh, hey. Yeah. Everyone can dream. Not every dream will come true. <laughs> we already had chat, so let's not be greedy. Yeah, chat. I mean, I've tried to reemphasize this, but if the NBA draft selections for the Thunder were a pizza, the pizza the of like the amount that matters in the draft for the Thunder, like Chet's seventy five percent of the pizza. Which pizza? Uh, what kind of pizza do you like? You you go you go ahead. You you name name your pizza. Nice, nice, nice. I like this. You were allowed to say pineapple, don't you? I don't mind a little pineapple on my pizza. I don't mind it, but I'll let you choose. You've never been more mad at me right now. I don't think. Not pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't had pineapple on my pizza in a while. Good, good boy. Um, no, any pizza that is a little bit spicy. Um, uh, on the chat, Grape Ape, he likes margarita. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't like margarita? No, no. Uh, yes, I eat margarita, but I don't like margarita. It's, <laughs> it's vanilla. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, no. it is like just eating, saying, I like vanilla ice cream. Like, yeah, you like it, but do you just uh, choose yeah. it? Like, no. Yeah, you know the, uh, the the deep dive on the pizza type that are the pizza type to have. Um, it's going to be another down to dunk special when we 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 will really need comfort food. Yeah, not now. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Chet matters the most, and like that's it. The reason you tank, the reason you have a miserable season, is to get a guy like Chet. That's the reason, and then everybody else yeah. is. If Jang works, great. If, if Jalen Williams works, great. J-Dub. I don't know. I don't like the J-Dub, J-Will thing. I'll just go on the record saying I don't like it. And that no. we've got to find another solution for this problem. Because it's a problem. And I don't, like, I don't like the solution to the problem. We need to find something that Michael Cage will remember and use. Yeah. I don't know that that will work. Anyways, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, J-Dub. If he works, great. He's he's one player that I just have a hard time figuring out how he fails in the NBA. 
I don't know if he'll be great in the NBA, but I mm-hmm. have a hard time figuring out a way that he fails. And then same for the other Jalen Williams, uh, Razorback Williams. I think he is, I mean, he's as close to Jeremiah as it gets, right? Like in terms of potential role, yes. I think that he is probably more suited to play defense as a five. Definitely. Um, definitely. Whereas he's got better Jeremiah length. is yeah. more adept to pass, to, to, to play a little bit more as a spacer. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, but yeah, I mean, I like the idea of using a second round pick on a center that can be functional in a in a fancy flow. Let's put yeah. it this way. Um, I mean, of course, if it doesn't shoot the basketball, then his production will be limited for sure. Yeah. Um, but if the spot up three, just the spot up three works, then you have a guy who can pass the ball, mm-hmm. who is a savant defensively. He really knows where to be at all times. Yeah. Um, he has good anticipation skills, not as Chet, but very good. He's absolutely not afraid, a little bit too much, I would say, to put his body onto uh, driving lane and, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And so if you have like a 34% from three, that is a player that will play in the league for sure. With J-Dub, um, uh, that doesn't sound good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I want to call him neither Santa or Clara because it's 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 yeah. not as cool as yeah, yeah. Razorback will. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I I can see him at worst of, of a like not in the same role as Grant Williams because that is not a small role. But it like initially the initial role of Grant Williams, the guy who is sound who can play. Maybe it's not as fast as quick. So that is to me the only sticking point. Like if he's quick enough defensively to stay with like NBA caliber guards. Um That's a question defensively. Yeah, that's a big that's a big question for him is what what role he will play. And I think yeah. I think the answer is like a lot of different roles. Is is what Yeah, but do you maximize him if you can't play as a guard? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think offensively, he'll be fine. Defensively is the question. Like, what does it look like? Yeah. How does, yeah. He, how does he figure out a way to fit in there? I think is a big question. But I think that they've got a coach that has learned to maximize players that maybe aren't the best defenders in the NBA. He did that last year. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they were a top half of the league defense at any point in the season last year. I mean, it makes no sense that they were able to do that. And that was Mark. And so, to me, the wingspan is a big deal. If he had, I mean, he's got a seven-two wingspan. If he were six-six yeah. with like a six-foot-nine wingspan or six-eight wingspan, I think that you'd be like, yeah. man, like I don't, I don't know that I get it. He's but not the first time pick. The length allows him to to be able to have the athleticism that he, that he does, which isn't, it's not great, it's not bad. He's not like a bad athlete, but that length really helps him a lot. He may not be ever be an elite defender, but I think he can be a good one. And then offensively, I'm just a believer. I'm just a believer in what he can do offensively. He's, he's not dissimilar to Shea. He's not as herky-jerky as Shea is, but he just mm-hmm. finds ways to score. He just did yeah. that over and over again at Santa Clara. They threw everything at him. And now, if you put him out there on the court, with Shea and Giddy and Chet and whoever else, man, 
he's what is he's gonna get like the third best defender on the other team. And that's the thing with having guys that can make decisions. Like everybody that can make decisions. You can exploit the weak spot in the defense so easy because you mm-hmm. have guys that can take guys off the dribble, they can make decisions with the basketball. I mean, that's a huge gonna be a huge advantage. And I really like the pick. Uh, I discussed him as a dark horse on Thunder After Dark before the draft. Yeah. And he ended up being the guy. I think that they were going to get him at 12 no matter what. And and maybe even if they had to get him at 11, they would have made that trade at 11 and gotten Usman at 12. You know, I think those were the two guys that they wanted. And I like it. I like the concept of it. I, I was not the biggest Usman Jang guy. But I like the concept of drafting Chet and two wings in the lottery rather than like taking Chet and a, and a big, you know, I was very, very much on the don't draft a big, you know, at all, you know, a traditional five, just don't do it. Um, And they didn't because I think that Jalen Williams, Razorback Williams is a guy that can play the four in a pinch too. Um, and is a little bit more versatile than a regular five is, but I mean, yeah, and, and again, it's fine where they pick them. The only yeah. qualms with that pick is that my guy Gabriele Procita was there. So I know I I just would have loved another play finisher because mm-hmm. I think that play finishers are yeah you have the idea that you can find them. Uh, I wonder if elite ones are really up for grabs. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, and, and maybe maybe that decision was not about them liking him, but about the type of contract. I don't think that it's necessarily true that you have um, you have to give um, Razorback Williams a contract next season. Uh, if he earns it, great. If not, there is a two-way option. Yeah. It's not impossible i mean it's high for a two-way it's pretty high uh, i guess he will find space mm-hmm. um but maybe they have uh they wanted to keep that flexibility as well yeah i have no idea yeah yeah i'm interested to see what happens there because the roster is already you look at it and i tried mm-hmm. to like sketch it out a little bit the other night on twitter and it's like holy smokes like there's not enough minutes <laughs> here <laughs> even i mean presti has already said that that green is is gone. Like he's not going to play for the Thunder. I believe yeah. I believe the same thing for Favors. I think Favors is gone as well. And then yeah. you look at the possible rotation, like a starting lineup of SGA, Giddy, Dort, JRE, Chet is like a reasonable starting five. Is this your preferred one? I don't know yet. I haven't really. I need to. I need to. I need to. Think Come on, more. give me yours. Like I, that one is. It's it's fine. It just seems like one that would happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 I agree completely. It feels like I, a prediction. Really it's something more different. of a prediction. Um, I would, I would start giving me something different. SGA Giddy J Dub is what I would do, and then and then Poku and Chat give me the give me the thin tower. Oh, that's that. No, that's that's not going to happen. I know it's that would never happen <laughs> never ever happen or like play usman at, at the four 
I don't know. He uh, no, I, I think it's more likely that Usman starts as as the two three. He's a wing. He, There's no doubt about that. And it's that is that to me is one of the more exciting like subplots with this Thunder squad and what they do in the future. Is that if Usman Jang is a wing, he's seven feet tall. Yeah. Like he's I don't know, some some guys are like labeled as like six ten or whatever, and you get you get to see them, you're like, Yeah, I don't know that they're six ten. I stood next to him and thought, I don't know that this guy's six ten. I think he's seven feet. Like he's huge. And I think that I think Chet is taller than seven feet too. I think he's probably seven one, seven two. I think he's huge. Yeah, I think that it's that it's likely that Chet is fully seven feet without shoes. And yeah. I don't yeah. think he measured at a combine. No, he did not. Cheng probably did though. Yeah, Usman is he was giant. Super duper nice too. My family got to go to this event where they got to meet all the, everybody. And one thing that I like to see is how how do these players and how do these guys react to like random kids they don't know, you know, like personality wise. Mm -hmm. And they were all like so nice and like, just like good people. And you can just see them. Like they don't know. They didn't know that they were like a media members kids. And like, I'm over there, like watching over their shoulder, like see how they're acting toward these guys. But um, they're all very gracious. Chet sat there and talked to both my kids like for a minute and like listened to them and was talking to them, interacting with them. Um, it was cool. It was really cool to see. And, you know, I think that when Presti says that he drafts like people as well as like players, you know, I think he really means it. And it really does mean a lot yeah. to him and the organization that they get to bring in good people too. So it was, it's just cool. It was just cool to see. Not that it matters that, these guys are nice to kids. <laughs> like it doesn't really matter on the court, but no, it, it. I think it does when you're developing a culture, like a team culture, that you have just good people. And I think that all these guys like fit that mold to a T. And so, like, good yeah. on Presti, good on the organization for not only finding really good basketball players, but finding like really good people that I think can fit in this city too. Yeah, that's important. I mean. Um... Like in any job, how you cultivate your working environment is extremely important, and it's easy if you if you do it uh, with people that care, uh, or they or they decide that that moment is important for the people that are there, and so they they just give their best effort. Yeah, to do to be that kind of person, to be the guy who I mean talks to kids uh, because they they will remember. And so I really think that um, the effort, I mean, like a lot of, I think that a lot of teams do that and a lot of players talk to kids, but I think that yeah. the parent can feel the difference. And yeah. if you felt that, that that's, um, that's a good sign um, because it means that you thought that that was authentic or that your love for chat is so high that you were completely blind, that blindfolded from it. So it's, it's mm -hmm. fine anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I I really like this class. Um, so we did learn about Summer League a little bit and how they're going to mm -hmm. handle it. The Utah Summer League is basically going to be for the guys that have already been on the team. So like Poku, Giddy, Trey Mann, Jeremiah, all those guys, Wiggins, all those guys are going to play in Utah. None of the rookies okay. are playing in Utah. And then in Vegas, it's all the rookies 
No. And I don't think any of those other guys are going to play in Vegas. No. Um, I know for sure that Giddy and Poku are not playing in Vegas. Uh, I think there is a chance that Trey Mann plays in Vegas. Okay. So it could be, I mean, that would be pretty fun still. Like Trey and Chet and Usman and J-Dub and Razorback Williams, all those guys playing. I would. I mean, that's going to be still pretty fun. And like a decently functional team. I would also like to see like Aaron Wiggins play in that league too again to see what his progress is on the court. Yeah. So, as but, a shooter, especially. Yes. yes. Uh, but that's as of now, that's how they're splitting it up. Yeah. Well, uh, it should be interesting. It should be at least yeah. pretty interesting. I hate that they're splitting it up. Makes it, it's just not fun. No, because we want to see Chet and Giddy come on. That's that's it. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will discuss more of the roster crunch issues that the Thunder will deal with. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. Uh, Michele, let's run through the roster real quick. So I think it's reasonable to expect the following players to probably play at least some in the rotation during the regular season. SGA, Giddy, Dort. JRE, Chet. Yeah. Jalen Williams, Trey Mann, Baisley. Come on. You can't say Jalen Williams. J-Dub. Yes. Trey Mann. I would put Trey Mann ahead, but okay. Yeah, this is, an, this is not a ranking, by the way. Okay. Um, Baisley. J-Will. Not sure. Uh, Poku. No, I'm not sure about Baisley. Yeah. I'm I not think sure either, because when you think chance. about... 
you think about the decision making factor. Like Baisley can pass, but Baisley's not the best decision maker. And you no. wonder how he fits long term with like essentially what he is is kind of this versatile defender. And like that's kind of the end where I'm he, not sold on it either. Yeah, I know. As and you, he and he can push and know. transition a little bit, but oftentimes doesn't. I don't know. I don't I don't know that I see the future for him. Um and then I have Poku and Usman Jang to wrap up the list. That's eleven guys. I didn't mention Kenrich Williams, Mike Muscala, Aaron Wiggins. Kenny will play. I know. And it's like where where does this how does this fit? How does this work? I think is going to be a really interesting thing. And I yeah, go ahead. I don't think that Razorback Will is going to get staple minutes. Yeah, maybe not. And I don't think that Baisley is going to get stable minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I would not be surprised if Poku doesn't get stable minutes. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to battle for these minutes. That's it's it's exciting and if you're on the team and you're like not firmly in the rotation, you're one of like 8 to 15 guys, you have to be a mm-hmm. little bit nervous and you have to yeah. like, you have to put in the work. This is going to be interesting because you're going to have to earn your minutes this year. And part it's it's so intriguing because it's not necessarily to win games. It's it's more of like it's this year's developmental too. Like this year is like mm-hmm. fully developmental for this team because they only have one pick next year in the draft. Yeah. And obviously they could trade for more picks or whatever, but <clears throat> they're going to have one pick. One yeah. pick. And this is the team plus that pick. And if you want to make the team, if you want to be a part of the Thunder's future, boy, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to put yeah. in the work this offseason. And I've already heard a lot of really positive things about how much these guys are working in the offseason. A lot of them are here already in Oklahoma City and have been working for a long time. And mm-hmm. the amount of work it's going to take for guys like Poku and Baisley and Usman and Wiggins and like I don't know if Roby's around or if Teo's around or if any of those guys are going to be here. The amount of work it's going to take for them to make the rotation is going to be big. They're gonna you have to be like pretty good to make the rotation. Yeah. So it's just gonna be so intriguing to see not only like what the starting lineup is, but then like who like you're unlikely to even run an eleven man rotation every single night. Like maybe that happens, you know, you know, two nights out of the week. But mm-hmm. not every night are they gonna run eleven guys. They may run ten or nine. But man, it's it's going to be tough because I agree with you that like Kenrich will play. I think Muscala early on will play. Yeah, I, to so me, it's not a given. Those guys, yeah, that Muscala will be here. I mean, I'm sure that the teams, the team is willing yeah. to keep him here. I'm yeah. sure that he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. But uh, but even if he stays, I was. Uh, that bad noise uh, was my keyboard uh, <laughs> before I, I'm trying to I was trying to to get uh, to last year's minutes and game played 
um, Basley is at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. 69 games, 28 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't see that being the case. No, um, he's going to have to Poku earn those six, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Poku, 61 games, 20 minutes per night. That is probably on the high end uh, yeah, to me. Definitely. Trey Mann, 60 games, 23 minutes per game. I think that he's, there is a room for a little bit of improvement there like 25 but he's got to be better 20. like he's got to have taken this off season oh and worked i have no come back and be better like he just has but he has to he, if you want him yeah. to be that like he just has to be a better player and then you have shea gideon dort yeah um all playing in the 30s but all playing 55 or less 56 or less yeah that is not going to be the case unless Andrew's dream is coming true, which I don't know. To me, Aaron Wiggins, 50 games. That is someone who has to really fight for it. Yeah, for sure. Those minutes are not going to be there for him. He has to be great. Yeah. And he's another guy where, like, if someone sees him at Summer League and they offer him, I don't know, a good second rounder, I don't think Sam, Sam can hesitate. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's probably good value. I mean, I like Wiggins. I like him a lot, but, you know. You got to figure out the roster somehow. Yeah, exactly. Then there is Jerry. I think he plays, mm -hmm. but not more than the 20, 25 minutes that he played last year. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I want to keep Kenrich around. So I think I that he too. should play. Yeah, I do too. But anyway, last season we had. 14 players that played 39 games or more mm -hmm. with more than for 15 minutes so it's not impossible to see at least 12 13 guys being in their rotation somehow because chat will probably not play 82 games yeah jang maybe maybe will spend time in the g league i fully expect him either either he's great and then i mean if he's great but great meaning like too good for the g league yeah. This team is going to win, win a lot. Yeah, and then you, you, yeah. I don't, I don't expect that. By the way, like I don't, I Me don't either. I don't expect that. I, I expect him to spend some time in the G League. I mean, Trey spent time in the G League this past year, like playing yeah, time in the brave. G League. But I expect it to be similar for Usman. I think it's going to be, he's going to spend time in the G yeah. League. And same for J Dob and Razor Razorback Will or whatever. Um, I think that both can spend time in the G League. Um, quite a good amount of time, to be honest with you. So I, I think that if you see 14 players as playing for minutes, um, I think that is that is actually good thinking. I don't yeah. think that you should yeah. expect reasonably high minutes for just 11. It's probably going to be a 10-11 men rotation yeah. every single night. Well, and things are going to change, too, throughout the season. They're going to want to try guys. And there will be yeah. probably parts of the season where, like, Baisley doesn't play at all, and we see a lot of, you know, somebody else. You know, and Like, this we, is going to be seven months out of seven in the season? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, man, we got to get Lindy Waters out there. I just don't see how they're going to do it. I just yeah. like Lindy's got to be like 45%. Like he, he like makes 90% of his shots in practice. And like, man, we just can't keep him off the court. You know, it's got to be something yeah. like that going on for him to make it. And same with like Roby. Like I know that people really like Roby and what he did at the end of the season, 
But man, like Roby's got to like take a huge step up to even make the team. Honestly, like him yeah. and Teo, man. Because I, I do think that it's going to be Green and Favors. I think they're just going to be gone. Like I just don't. I can't think of a reason that makes sense to keep those guys here. And then like Teo's got to be good in summer league. You know, I think he'll play in probably both Utah and in Vegas. Like he's got to be legitimately good and has got to have a really good training camp if he wants to make it because he he could be on the chopping block pretty easily. Same with Roby. I mean, I could see both those guys being gone because they they just have to make decisions. Vit Krejci too. Like Vit's got to be good in summer league and has to have a and to me the most important thing is athletically can he get back to anything close to what he was in Europe? Yeah. And if he can't, then I think that they cut him. Or they trade him, or they do something. I like, think I think that you can keep Krejci another year, just yeah. to see. It's not really costly. He can be your 15 guy. Yeah. I to be honest, I'm out on Teo. I wouldn't yeah. even bring him to summer league. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe well, they can. So yeah. who cares? They're going to. It's not that they have to make a decision yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's okay. Um, Tiger is another one that will. Seems likely that he'll be gone, Ty Jerome. Yeah, it's just hard yeah, to see I mean, a world where he fits with what they're trying to do. Yeah, and also having a project for him. I mean, I can see Mike and Kenny being those steady veterans that will really help with Ty's. I mean, it doesn't seem that it's it's what they they want for him. Yeah, yeah. And he's a shooter that shot really poorly last year. Yeah. Like you can't, you just can't do that. You know, uh, Lou Dort, Sam Presti told us the other day that he is going to pick up Lou Dort's option unless something changes, which something could change in the next few days. But it's likely that they'll pick up his option. That's something that we've talked about on this show a lot. I think that we've been on that for a while that that's the most likely outcome for him is that they pick up his option, take him to unrestricted free agency next year, and then either give him a deal or they don't. And I think that I think it's the right thing to do for a lot of reasons. One, Mm -hmm. we don't know what his role is going to look like this year. It won't be like it was last year or the year before. I can tell you that much. Like he's not going to get the possessions. He's not going to take eight threes a game next year. Like he did last year. Hey, you know? if it's just eight trees and nothing else, maybe. <laughs> and from maybe. the corners. Maybe. Yeah, if he takes eight trees from the corners, maybe you're doing good. Um, yeah, I, I think it's the right thing to do. Unless he's willing to accept like 10 or 12 million per, I think you carry it to the offseason. I think, I think these, his extension after the opt-in, uh, of, sorry, after the, the option is... Uh, it's done by the Thunder, then they can extend him. And I think yeah. that that contract is reasonable. Yeah. I would sign him to that contract, to be yeah. fair. Like, it's, I think it's probably something around 60 million, a little bit less, like f- between 55 and 64 years. Yeah. Four for 60, I think, is about the, the max that extension can be, which makes yeah. sense for him. I would sign him to that immediately. Yeah. I think they would too. I just don't. I don't know. I, I don't think it's an indictment on Dort. I don't think it's an indictment on anything. 
as far as like what how things are going to be carried throughout the rest of his career here in Oklahoma City. I think he's going I think he'll be here, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's important to see what he can be in this new role just because you have guys like Chet who's going to take a lot more possessions away. J-Dub mm-hmm. will take a lot of possessions away. If Trey Mann improves, he will take possessions away. I think Giddy, if Giddy gets better, I think that he will take possessions away. So Dort is going to turn into less of a creator, more of a play finisher, creator when he needs to be, and just a crazy dog defender. Like That's going yep. to be his role. And it, and I think, I mean, we've seen him in that role before with the Chris Paul team. And if he can transition back to that and just be a really good three and essentially a three and D player, man, that's great. If you can sign it for 15 million per for four years, that's great. It's a great size contract to trade. And it's also a great size contract for a guy like that. Yeah, I, I think that if you have, I don't think that it would be the case, by the way. But if Dort says, hey, let's agree on this now. I want this to be settled. Yeah. I really want to stay here. I don't want to go into the season with... I think that you do it. Yeah. Because it, it's it's a little bit above the Emily. Mm-hmm. And whatever change of CBA you get, that contract will never be a bad one unless Dort is... Not in the like rotation. Has serious injury. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if he repl- replicates whatever he did this year for the entire season, cutting away in a few away a few possessions and just shooting 33% from three yeah. while being an amazing on-ball defender, some team will jump on that contract. Yeah, agreed. So to me, that is value, period. Yeah. It's value today uh, for OKC and for Dort. Yeah. Because again, if if it struggles a little bit, um, then it may be 10 millions, mm-hmm. 12 millions. So I don't think that is bad value for Dort to have that extension locked in. But I agree that probably he would like to better himself a little bit. Yeah. And OKC is not in need to be aggressive because, again, the, the difference may be a starting salary of 18 instead of 15 mm-hmm. if he's great. I don't think that there will be, pl- that there will be max offers. Yeah. next year so yeah i mean jalen branson is not getting the max yeah he's probably getting something north of 20 but not that much maybe a hundred for four for a hundred something like that yeah i think that's right 105 or something like that yeah um, something like that which is yeah again it's way more than 60 but also it's unlikely that Dort will will pick up as much as bronson mm-hmm. yeah especially with a lesser role I mean, unless he just becomes a great player, which you'll just you pay him, you just welcome it. <laughs> like you just welcome it exactly. because they're going to be so flexible next summer, anyways. You just welcome it. The more likely outcome is that he just becomes more of a role player and kind of fits what you do, anyways. Just kind of fits in, and you know they've been looking at guys like that for a long time, or looking for a player like that for a long time. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, all right. That's going to end today's pod. Alex and I will do a pod tomorrow morning at 1030. So if you want to tune in on YouTube, you can be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star Apple Podcast review. 
That would mean a lot to us. Subscribe on YouTube. And we will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.